from the 915 to H-Town, from the Panhandle Plains to the Valley, and everywhere in between. This is the 5050 Podcast, powered by College Promoters USA. Join me, Hector Cano, as we cover the Texas high school club and college soccer landscape, along with an inside look at the college soccer recruiting scene. The 5050 Podcast is a platform about the people and for the people who are dedicated to the beautiful game. College Promoters USA, founded and located in San Antonio, operates as the only family-owned college recruiting company in Texas that brings a truly professional, local, and face-to-face approach to area high school student-athletes and their families. If your son or daughter is serious about college athletics, call them at 210-494-6363 or visit collegepromotersusa.com anytime. College Promoters USA, the best investment a parent can make in their high school student-athletes. Here we go. It's another edition of the 5050 Podcast, powered by our proud partners, College Promoters USA. They are America's premier college prep program and high school student-athlete marketing service since 1997. Located locally here in San Antonio, you can find them at the Ventura Plaza Shopping Center, that is where their corporate office is located. But you can also find them on social media, on Twitter at SATX Recruiting, as well as on Instagram at College Promoters USA. And you can also get more info on them at their website at collegepromotersusa.com. My next guests uh, got a very uh, prestigious panel here. So joining us today. So uh, go around the room really quick. I'll introduce the coaches. So we have uh, first guest, a legendary coach, Jason Venable, he is the head women's soccer coach at of the Waxahachie Indians. Longtime coach, over 500 wins across both uh, both the boys and girls side. So, welcome, coach. Welcome, coach. Can you hear us? Yeah, I got you. Oh, there we go. All right. Thanks Good. for having me. All right, thank you. Yes, sir. Uh, also, another first time. First time to have him on. Glad to have him on. A uh, fellow coach that I used to share the field house with, uh, good friend, uh, good friend of ours, uh, the head men's soccer coach of the Slita Indians. All right, Coach Rudy Garcia. Coach, welcome. Hi, hi, Coach. Pleasure to be here with you today. Uh, glad to have you on, Coach. And then last but not least, our returning champion, right, making her second appearance on the podcast. She is the head women's soccer coach of the El Paso de Valle High School uh, Conquistadores, Conquistadores, I should say. Coach Stephanie Salzo. Coach, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me on again. Uh, gentlemen, nice to meet you finally in person. All like, right. Awesome. Not you, Connell. I already knew you. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, the the the, uh, the host never gets any love, of course. So awesome. So before before we kind of just dive into, obviously we have a special topic today. We're going to talk about summer uh, summer league development and just kind of the ins and outs and just kind of a little bit, a lot more information for fellow coaches, maybe student athletes uh, that might have questions or that might be thinking about it, particularly coaches. But before we do that. Want to introduce? Want to give us a little bit of insight about yourselves, just briefly about where you are, how long you've been there, um, your current school. Give us a little bit of background information. We'll start with you, Coach uh, Venable. Go ahead. Yes, sir. Um, this is my. This was my 29th year. I'm gonna start my 30th year of coaching next year. Uh, it's my 19th year in Waxahachie, so I'm, uh, it's the third school I've been at. Started out with uh, 
Middle Oath and started the program Middle Oath in '96, I believe, something like that. And uh, from there, I went to Colorado Heritage Coach the Boys, and then I came back to Wasatchee as a boys coach, and I've been there, like I said, 19. This will be this will be a big year for me. I'll have 20 years uh, at Wasatchee and be 30 years total. So it's kind of a good year for me. Awesome. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate you, Coach Garcia. Um. I started off at Eastwood High School in El Paso, Texas, and then went off to Joshua, Texas in the DFW area. Was there for a, for about four years, and then received the offer to come back to back home to Isleta High School, and I I loved it. This is going to be my fifth year there. Yeah, and I'm super happy to be there. Um, I think uh, we have a great community. Right. Awesome. Yeah, I was about to say this should be year year five for you. Right? Yes, sir. Yeah, I was gonna. Awesome. Say, I was about to say four, but no, it's five already. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're getting old, coach. Can't remember. Oh yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and coach, uh, coach Sazo. Obviously, it's your second time on the podcast, but go ahead, tell us for our new new listeners. Uh, tell us a little bit about where you are and uh, how you got there. Sure. Um, so I was born and raised here, of course, and I didn't get the chance to leave. I actually chose to stay. Um, I went to play here for our local university at UTEP. Um, and I started coaching when I was 17. I had an ACL injury, so that kind of forced me into the game another way, in a different, um, on, a di on a different side. And so I started with the little babies, the threes and fours, everybody's favorite, where they pick dandelions and whatnot. Um, and then from there, I just kind of um, took it head on. I started getting my coaching education. Uh, I taught, or I, I coached two years in Chaparral, New Mexico, and then I was able to come over to YISD in 2018-19. So I've been part of the district for three years, um, and all three years I, well, the two years prior I served as an assistant, and this uh, is coming up on my full year as head coach of the women's soccer team. Awesome. Great stuff. And again, thank you to uh, thank you to all coaches uh, being here tonight. And then obviously Coach uh, McHenry, Rafael McHenry from uh, the head women's soccer coach at uh, Dumas High School, unable to attend uh, tonight. But we're going to get in some questions, some interactive questions uh, from him for our panel tonight as well. So. All right. So let's let's dive right in. So the topic at hand is summer leagues. Right. And their development. We're going to kind of dissect this a little bit. But. Um, I guess why, from your from your respective uh, perspectives, <laughs> what, um, why the need? Obviously, I know Coach Venable, you are, and your this is this is year five of your eight v eight Hatchy Hatchy League Summer League, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah. So, from your perspectives, what what uh, what was the why the need for these summer development leagues? What was the I mean, obviously it says the development in there, but what was the inclination? What got you started to want to go ahead and pursue these? I'll say my first. All right, uh, I tell you what, we we've got a lot. We're, we're south of Dallas DFW, and so we don't have tons of club players. We have quite a few, but we don't have as many as we'd like. And what happens is we found out that we had a lot of girls that they would leave in May touch the ball again until August when we came back to us. And so what we really – I was really not focused on the club players because they're going to get their touches and they're going to compete and they're going to play. was to basically find a place and, and somewhere for them to play uh, to at least keep their little bit of their touch and also 
we really wanted to work a little bit on team chemistry. So it was really important for us on team chemistry. And so uh, we we were talking to, to several people and everybody wanted to do it, but nobody was willing to step up and do it. And so uh, about five years ago, we said, let's just do this thing and throw it together and see how it goes. It's been a huge success for us. It's been great for us in regards to, you know, even we have club players that want to come back. Even though we don't have conflict with practices, they still want to participate because they want to be with the team. And so it's just a great team building type of opportunity for them as well as getting touches. Okay, good. Coach Garcia? Well, it's somewhere there around, like what Coach Venable said. Um, for us, the main thing was to uh, have our players that did not have the money to um, play club soccer. So here in El Paso, club soccer has been um, getting more and more expensive every single time. And where we teach at and our school, our school community is a very low income community. And we have great players, but parents don't have the money um, or the resources to, to pay for a club team. So talking to the other coaches in the district, um, I we came up with the idea, hey, you know what? We have to do something for them. We can't just let them just stop in, in, in May, go through the entire summer and then get back to it in August. It's not fair. And just because of the money, so that's when we talked about it, and that's when we decided to to build the summer league. Um, and we did. We decided to do eleven on eleven. Um, we thought that was the best thing for, to get more players into it. And um, this is our second year, and it's been very successful up until now. Um, we've yeah. loved the, the results that we've seen. Great stuff. Now, obviously, as you just mentioned, you're in year. You're into your second your your second summer season, and we'll touch on that a little bit more later. And Coach Venable, year five. Now, Coach Sazo, yours is a little different, right? Kind of, the, you were attempting it last year. Obviously, you ran into some issues, uh, kind of a bit of a false start. But this year, full fledged. Um, from your perspective, why the need? Right. So I think my answer is a combination of both of theirs. Um, Primarily because, like Coach Garcia said, uh, we have a huge community of families who don't necessarily have the means or the financial ability to afford to make these clubs. And so uh, I, I know that we're all aware that soccer in Germany in the U.S. is, um, you know, the cost is on the rise. And, of course, you know, we feel that ripple effect down here in El Paso. And so I think for me... Um, it was a long time coming, people saying that they wanted it done and um, seeing how much potential that we have and how much further further that our girls could possibly get um, if they had more resources. You know, I know when we go to uh, places like our Frisco tournaments or even we see those teams that are based out of the Dallas, um, Houston area, even San Antonio, the gap is so large. You know, it's so large to have access and resources to things that we just, quite frankly, haven't caught up with as a community. Right. Um, and so for me, it was important to try and bridge that gap, even if it was something small like a summer league. And so I know that um, Coach Garcia has been doing a great job with the boys because I see it directly um, with our, our boys. We work really closely with with the boys side of things and I see how much excitement they have and you know the fact that it's low cost if not free um, it's nothing but beneficial for them they're getting the touches they're getting to mingle with people you know um, amongst amongst like their friends and 
in, in places that they wouldn't normally see in any other circumstance. Right. You, know, you have those club kiddos that have that connection because they see each other at the, the big tournaments or at the you know West Side Complex, so on and so forth. And then you have those kiddos that they don't have that connection. They don't have that um, resource and that accessibility to those things. And so I really wanted to target that and, and make sure that they weren't swept, you know, to the side and, and we're not trying to focus solely on the kids that play club and already have talent. It's important to develop, yeah. you know, the ones that are kind of in the middle. I mean, and we're all teachers. We know that you have your real high GT performers. You have your ones that are super low, but the ones in the middle kind of get lost. And so for me, it was targeting that middle group, making sure that they're able to get some touches, get some reps. And like Coach Venable said, they don't just finish the season and then they don't touch a ball at all. And so um, we've had super great results. Everybody's been really positive. Ours is 7v7 just because when we talked about it, number wise, um, it made more sense. We didn't want, you know, the cancellations to happen or to put one team in a situation where they didn't get to play or whatever the case may be. And so it's been great and it's been super refreshing and super awesome to see the coaches getting along and, you know, stepping up for one another. Like if they're short in numbers, they lend some of their kiddos. I mean, just the environment in general. And um, the coach from Parkland, actually, she, she verbatim, she said yesterday to me, um, you know, it, it really is my favorite time of the week on Tuesdays and Thursdays when we get to play because the vibe is just so good. Um, and to me, that's important. I love the sport. Uh, I I'm all about development, whether it's about my kids or someone else's kids. I want the game to improve. Right. And for me, you know, that was another real uh, key point is like, I just want our community, our girls community to improve in soccer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well said. And, you know, it, it, it's a great point. I'm glad you mentioned the 7v7 because there's three particular, right, within this panel here, there's there's three different uh, there's three different dynamics here just within your leagues, right? So as Coach Sazo mentioned, her their league, her league there, uh, it's a 7v7. Coach Venable, I know yours is a uh, 8v8. But then Coach Garcia, you're looking, you're playing full scale 11v11, right? Uh, so I'm curious from – from that perspective, what kind of, what does that infrastructure look like in terms of just field dimensions, layout, you know, from a 7v7 to that 8v8, and then of course that 11v11, how, from a scheduling perspective, getting, being able to get in games, how does, how does that play out? Anybody else want to go first? Go ahead, Seth. <laughs> you want to go? Me first? Yeah, for sure. Yes, ladies first. Um, ladies first. Go oh, ahead. Thank you. So kind. Yeah. So we're, again, like I said, we're doing 77 um, and we're doing um, half field. So we're running two games concurrently. Team A and B are over here. Team C and D are over here. And we're using the stop clock or um, the coach that's acting as admin is kind of keeping things in order, making sure they start on time and whatnot. And so those two teams will play a 25 minute half five minute half time and then uh, another 25 minute half um, and we've had instances where you know let's say Eastwood for example they had a lot of kiddos um, we were even able to sneak half of their team into play with a team that was short or even put them to play a double header uh, one one game at six one at seven and again it's um, the dimensions are half field 
So from end line to the 50, you have a buffer between the two um, grids and they're just going to full size regulation goals, the, the 50 and the full width. Coach Venable? Ours is similar. We do a half field. Uh, we do 8v8, seven on the field, and then a keeper with a full-size goal. Um, we did it. We just wanted as many touches as we could get. So what we've done is is we're fortunate enough to have two turf fields side by side, and so we only use half of each field. And so we'll do about a 60-yard field, so 50 to the back of the end zone with our goals. And um, we'll play 25-minute halves with a five-minute halftime. And, and we're, we're very strict on as to – we're going to start at the at the top of the hour. We're going to play at six, seven, and eight. Uh, if you're short anybody, let us know, and we'll find somebody to play on your team. And, and we haven't had that. But what we did this year was something a little bit different. In the past, we've had maybe 12 teams there, and we'd have to figure it out where we may have to have extra games, you know, either at five or at eight or, or nine, whatever the time may be. But what we ended up doing is this year we, we basically just chose six teams including myself. And what we would do is we have one field that's the A field and the other field is the B field. And so what we've done is we've created uh, like a JV and a varsity type setup. Mm-hmm. And so uh, if, say, I'm playing Midlothian tonight and at the 6 o'clock game, the 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock game would be our JVs against Midlothian. And so there are times where we're shorthanded because of, you know, vacation or some reason a kid can't be there right we're able to not by not playing the exact same time we're able to share our own players so some of our players may play in both games uh if we need to uh but it's worked out really good and like i said we've got both uh jv and varsity so we kind of got an a and a b group is what we said uh it's been really great for me because what i've done on my b group is i've uh I've got 14 incoming freshmen. So we put all the freshmen in that group, in that B group, and it allows them to play together. And for us to kind of – it's also a chance for us to evaluate, of course, a little bit to see what's coming in. We do have a junior high program as well that plays in April and May, 1st of May. And mm-hmm. so a lot of those girls, we could get that information out to them. And uh, you know, they would sign up. And so they knew coming in they wanted to play. And it gave them an opportunity to play with some of the older ones as well or some of the girls that wanted to play that haven't been playing and we put them on that team just so they can get some touches and we can kind of reevaluate them since we haven't seen them. But it's been really good. Um, No problems at all. We started out about five years ago and we really didn't know what we were doing. We kind of just threw it together and uh, we had like 12 teams and it was way too much. And we're really good because I've been around so long in this area that I know everybody in this area. So all the coaches I've either coached with or for or coached for me. And so we've had the opportunity to uh, get together and say, hey, this is what we want to do. And so over the years, it's evolved. And this year, we kind of cut a team out. Uh, but we brought in a new team to fill in a certain couple of spots. So it's, it's really worked out good for us. And uh, I, the coaches really like it because the parents can come. They can watch the game. They bring the chairs with them just like a club game. And when they get through, they can go to the other field and watch their best friend play or maybe their daughter's playing in two games. So it's it's been really good. And like I said, the setup is half field. We're playing football lines. We don't play the soccer lines. We play the football line. And we play from the back of the end zone to the 50-yard line and two fields side by side. So I'm the administrator and kind of get to watch it all. Right, right. Coach Garcia? Oh, there we go. I had to mute. Um, so for us, the idea was to um, 
gather as many schools as possible. So last year we sent out an invitation first to our district to our 258. We did on the coaches meeting and when we brought it up and some of the schools participated, others didn't. And I think we started off with six schools and then um, we started inviting um, schools from the other districts and, and some of them did agree. I think last year we had 10 schools in total. This year um, we have 12 schools. So what we do, we have four host um, high schools and we only play on Tuesdays at seven and 8.30 at night just because of the sun and the heat. Right. And then we um, we go through the entire summer. We go from, this year we're going from June 4, we went through June 4, the last Tuesday of August, I think. And we're gonna probably try to extend it more if we can. Um, just how it depends on the football thing. And we play at two high schools at a time. So um, the four head coaches from the high schools, which is myself, Coach Reichman, um, Coach Delgado, and Coach Rivera, uh, Riverside, Bel Air, and the Valle, we came together. We, we talked to our admins, and they allowed us to, to play on the fields. And, and we rotate, we, uh, we rotate the, the sites um, um, every week. And then we have the, the other schools come over, and we host two games every night. So it's been really fun. With numbers, we haven't had a problem. And that's the same like um, coaches. We if, if a school's in need of any players, we lend out players, we borrow players. I mean, but it rarely happens. It rarely happens. Yeah. Um, what we also did is um, for the refing, I, I spoke to the refs association here in El Paso, and I told them that we were our idea. So they do, do charge us a fee. Uh, which the kids pay out of pocket and it's like $2 per kid and, and, and they bring it out and every time they play and um, we, we pay them. And what the idea behind that is that to create also and practice the refs for next year. So the, the, the us as coaches start getting the refs, start getting to know the refs, the players are, are, are getting to know the refs, the refs are getting to know the players and, and their style and, and, and so, so it's it's a it's a a community already with them yeah. also that that we have. So we spoke to them; they agreed. So we do that. Um, this year we actually had to cut it out at, at just because of logistics. We had to cut it out at twelve schools. No, sorry, we had thirteen schools. We had to cut it out thirteen schools, and um, we had other schools that later on came out and asked. And unfortunately, because again logistics and numbers, and we had to say no. So. What we're trying to do for next year is expand maybe mm -hmm. for the four um to host at the same time the four the four high schools so uh, i mean we're also um brainstorming every every week that we oh we have to get better on this we have to get better at this uh yeah. i i know some even some coach delgado has told me that some of the club teams have have approached them and asked them about the league so they, uh, some of the coaches have called me and and I mean, like we said, this year we can do more, but next year hopefully we can expand it more and even bring some of those club teams that want to play. Now the club teams want to play with us instead of the other way because now we have so many teams. And and here in El Paso, apparently the league has only uh, – certain leagues have two, um, not that many teams, so they have to play each other five, six times. And then, right. So right. it's not fun anymore for the guys. So now that they see this, they're like, okay, can we, can we join your league? Um, I mean – it's it it's hasn't been easy it hasn't been easy um this second year was was a little bit easier like coach venable said the first year was just hectic it was we didn't know what we were really doing 
Um, some teams um, called me, hey, we can't go today. I'm like, wait, what? What do you mean you can't go come today? No, sure. country, uh, or, or for example, we had one team that they always, they, well, we're going, we're going. And then suddenly they start, they stopped coming out. So I called the coach, the coach never answered. So it, it, things, little things like that, that this year we had to um, adjust to it and, and talk to the coaches and have a meeting and say, hey, coaches, you know what? Like, we have to be all in and, and, and make sure you talk to your, and some of the coaches did very, were very honest and said, you know what coach this year we can't, or my kids are not interested because they're playing club team. And most of my kids are playing club team and that's awesome for them. But for us, we, we do need it. So yeah, that's when we came together. Right. right. Great, great info. And yeah, it's a great point too, what you mentioned there, as far as it acts as a uh, kind of a supplemental development tool for these younger, younger developing officials. Right. So that's a great point. Yeah. Yes, sir. You know what? One thing that I did uh, forget to mention is that one one of the reasons also that we did it um, here in El Paso, we have the league called La Libre, and La Libre is basically an adult league, and anybody and any anyone can play, and and people don't really care. And there's a lot of injured, bad injuries happening every single day. So we have to take care of our kids, and these kids want to play, so they'll end up playing there because it's a cheaper than the, the club team, and. We, we try to keep them away from those leagues because, I mean, the, these are adults that really don't care about soccer. They just go out there, have fun, and and a lot of injuries happen. So right. that's why we also pull them, hey, guys, instead of going over there, come over here. It's free. Come over here. Pay your – well, your $2 for the ref, and then you could get to play 11 on 11, and, and it, it's really fun. Yeah, great stuff. Awesome. So um, Coach McHenry, uh, who, couldn't, who couldn't be here tonight, couldn't join the panel tonight, the head women's soccer coach of uh, Dumas, uh, Demonets. He uh, obviously couldn't attend, so but he did send some questions that he wanted to bounce off of you all and for listeners to listen. So we'll go with the first one here. So question for all of you from Coach McHenry is, what would you say is the hardest part of running your league? So Coach McHenry's in the middle of uh, putting together their first year, I believe it's called the Moore County Summer League. Uh, don't quote me on that. But uh, he kind of wanted to throw some things off because he's still in the middle of working that, putting that together. But his question for you all, his first question is, what would you say is the hardest part of running your league? Coach Sazo. Um, I would say for sure, because we have a good mixture. We have 14 teams. I guess I'm the only crazy one that just decided to take on that many teams the first time around. But um, we have 14 teams right now, and I think the hardest part is coordinating if we're playing two, two games um, at one site on, at 6 o'clock, two games at the other site, having those sites be organized and making sure that, uh, number one, we have the facilities because we're not the only people who want to use the facilities, and number two, making sure like the documentation is there to support the fact that we're going to be at this campus, you know what I mean? Like, for example, Belair stepped up and they're helping to host a lot, a lot, a lot of games, about half of them. Um, but if there weren't proper facility request forms and all that kind of stuff and they weren't so willing to get that done, um, I don't know what I would do if they showed up and, you know, they said, um, well, we have practice for this or that. That's four games that get canceled because we played two at, two at six, two at seven at two different sites. And so um, just coordinating that proper documentation and where people are going to be. Um, and then also for me, I would guess, you know, 
I would guess maybe keeping things on time, making sure things run on time. You can be there and you can be a stickler all you want. We're going to start top of the hour, like Coach Venable says, but there's so many factors that come into play or, or whatever the case may be. When the sun starts going down, just, you know, keeping things nice and tidy and organized, um, I would say for me as well. Coach Venable? For me, I've been doing this a while, and what we do is we charge a fee for each team. So it's kind of like a – Kind of like indoor, it's like it's this much a team, and so we say it's it's three hundred dollars, and that covers some things that we haven't talked about. We have game administrators. We have I got officials from Tasso who come in, and uh, I've got a guy that I've known forever that's one of the officials, and he brings somebody with him every week, and so we pay the officials cash, and we pay them on the spot, um, and and so when when I when I think that the hardest part for me is getting that first week because we re- have a release form they must fill out, and mm-hmm. so every player has to fill and sign a release form. Uh, they also have to pay, and the coach has to get the money and has to to make sure there's enough there. And just the payment and the paperwork, which is for our job, that's pretty much the the hardest part of our job anyway. It's the most tedious job. But after the first week, it gets a lot better. But for me, trying to get you know, the coaches with the right paperwork and, and we give them a packet with three or four forms they need to fill out with a roster, a coach, whoever's coaching their team and so forth. And so what we do is is we ask for them to bring it the first night. So the first night for me is is chaotic, uh, but it, it, it usually it's gotten better every year and we're really good about this. And I can contact the week before and say, hey, you make sure you got your money in your forms when you get there because we got to be able to pay the officials. This year, we also did something for the first time, and I thought – I've never thought about it. In four years, we've never had a trainer at the games. Mm. It's more – more. you know, I remember last year we had a parent that, that got upset with me because a player got hurt and wanted to know where the trainer was because in soccer, in high school soccer, you got a trainer there. Right. And they got really – I mean, really upset with me. And I'm the game administrator, and so I'm sitting there trying to figure out what to do. And I was like, you signed this form. I'm sorry, and I've tried to play, talk to the coach. But this year I decided to bite the bullet. And because we were charging what we were, we were able to not really make money because we used to use it kind of like as a fundraiser for our booster club. This year we we gave that money to a trainer, one of our athletic trainers, and we got a schedule going. And so every night we play, we have an athletic trainer from the high school. Wow. And uh, it's it's it was great because I'm telling you, the first night we ever paid one, it was this first week of June. We had a player get broke a femur in the first game and it was one of the ugliest injuries I've seen. And if I had been there by myself without a trainer, I don't know really what I would have done. So it really paid off at the right time on the first night. So for me, making sure all of those people are set up. I mean, I've got three different trainers coming because they're all busy during the summer and making sure our schedules there. And I've got coaches there and I've got, you know, I've got a trainer there. So Mm -hmm. that's probably the two biggest things for me. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah, it's a great point with the uh, athletic trainers as well. So, Coach Garcia, hardest uh, hardest part of running your league, um, coaches and 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 maybe how the coaches can have the kids buy into the league, and and I mean by this is um, having them out there every Tuesday. It's a summer now, um, like you know, Coach Connor, we 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 live in a border, so a lot of our kids leave to Juarez during the summer and leave to Mexico during the summer and, and don't come back. So a lot of these coaches lose their players. So it's, it's, it's a constant battle for them to be keeping Hey guys, stay here, play here. And that was last year. This year has been a lot easier. We haven't had that um, problem at all. Um, 
another thing scheduling like stephanie said uh scheduling just the places where we're going to play dealing with a coach ensure that your high school is open on these days so um i i try to create i try to have the schedule by early april um I, I i send out an email i make calls and everything and i tell them hey coaches you have until the second week of april to secure your spot and some of do some of them do answer a lot of them hey coach we have to wait till the end and, and that's when they lose their spot so i think just the scheduling part for me has been the, the hardest part of it and then suddenly um like coach sasso said um also we receive a call and say hey hey coach um you know what we can't play here tonight why um because apparently admin decided to have something here and we're like what but so it, it that's been a little bit uh a little bit of, of a complication just changing sides um, or some of the teams also, hey, coach, you know, we, we have this and it, it came up unexpectedly or, or stuff like that. So um, just having other teams to cover, playing double headers, stuff like that. It, it, it hasn't been a lot this year, but that was a lot from last year. Um, what else? I think I think that's it. We haven't had many problems like with injuries and stuff like that. We let the parents know, and I I, I speak to all the coaches. I, I that's why we have a meeting. I tell all the coaches, coaches, there's no trainer there. We have that's why they signed the paper. Um, there's not going to be any medical. I, if something happens, I tell them call the ambulance. If something big happens like that, just call the ambulance. That's that's our best bet. Um, Unfortunately, we don't have the resources. And if we start charging money, our kids are going to lose interest. So, I, I, hey, Coach Venable, that's a great idea about, about the trainer. I'm going to look into it and see how how maybe we can come up together as coaches and probably pitch in or, or do something to to have a trainer out there. But, yeah, for right now, that's what we do. We just, um, hey, you know what? It's it, Make sure the kids have their, their paperwork in. Make sure they sign it. And, and that's it. Um, one thing that we are very strict on is um, behavior. Behavior. Um, you know how soccer is very passionate, especially here in, the, in, in El Paso. And when parents get rowdy and stuff like that, we tell them, hey, we let the parents know. It's an automatic ejection. We don't, you start messing with the ref or the kids or, or stuff like that, we're going to kick you out. doesn't matter. There's no warning. And, and, and we do go out, like myself, last year I had to kick out a couple of parents that were just rowdy. I'm, I'm ma'am. Sorry, you have to leave the premises. And also, kids, if they start if they start being rowdy or fights or something like that, we kick them out of the league. And we talk, we speak to the coaches. Um, one thing that brings me to also one of the toughest thing that, and this is for each coach. I think they've had a, a tough time getting someone to coach their team and to watch their kids. Um, because, for example, myself, I got an alumni from my first year at Isleta, and I told them. His name is Osael Gutierrez, and, and I told him, hey, Osael, called him up. I know he loves soccer. I know he loves the sport, and he loves to help out. And I told him, hey, you want to help out? And he was very excited about it, very, very excited. So I didn't have that problem this year, but last year um, I did have that problem. Well, trying to get someone just to cover. And I know some of the coaches, for example, the the Parkland coach, he's he's new. This is going to be his second year there. So he doesn't know really know a lot of people, and, and he's he's – um, he was struggling to find someone just to, mm -hmm. to coach the kids uh, outside of the, mm -hmm. and, and, and we encourage a lot. We encourage a lot. For example, Hey, we only play once a week. Hey, go practice, go practice. And, and at Isleta high school, that's one of the good things that, that our administration has, has allowed us for our, to use our soccer field also for practices for the kids. They're like, are, is it a full Isleta team? Yes. Yes, ma'am. 
okay, perfect. You you, you can use the, the field as much as you want. And as long as it's it's at least, I think it's 80 or 75% of the kids are from, from Islamic high school. So we haven't had the problem. We have, we have, they can practice at a turf field. They love it under the lights. So admin has been very helpful at Isleta with, with that part. So they practice and then on Tuesdays they, they actually play. So that, I guess that's yeah. it. Great stuff. Awesome. Yeah. You hit on a lot of great points there, Coach. So thank you. But yeah. And having been, you know, Coach Sazo mentioned it earlier too, having been in uh, that district myself, I am very familiar with the uh, facility request uh, procedures. <laughs> All right. So another question from Coach McHenry here for the panel. Um, how do you recruit? This is where he's kind of at a little bit, Coach Garcia, with some of the things you were just hitting on, but more of the how, right? How do you recruit help? And Coach Venable, you hit on this a little bit, but from the ref's perspective, the volunteer parent coaches, just the fa the parent, the fans of the game, kind of maybe one or two things that you can hit on from this perspective. We'll start. Uh, we'll start with you, Coach Venable. I kind of addressed it a little bit already. Our refs is pretty – it's pretty good because every year – I mean, I'll see uh, Pete, who's our our official that we use every year, and I've known for 20 years. And uh, I said, you're going to do it again this year. And he does another summer league also in the area. And so we coordinated what nights they were doing their camp – I mean, their, their uh, summer league so that he could do both. That's kind of like his summer – that's his summer gig, so he makes extra money. And uh, my coaches, all of my coaches come because we want to see what we've got. So the coaches get in there and every one of my coaches come to every game. And we're just kind of there kind of helping every coach, players, whatever we need to do, uh, getting, you know, getting pennies out, getting, you know, flags out, whatever. Parent-wise, our parents love to come. Uh, we're in a community that's pretty strong in, in soccer, the, some of the teams that come. Yeah. Uh, but we have we have an area. I mean, we're south of the Metroplex, so it's a little bit different. But what what happens is is uh, our parents. I, I'm fortunate. I have a son that just graduated that played soccer for me growing up. So he was one of my coaches of my two teams, and the other one uh, is one of my assistant coaches, whose whose wife played college soccer. So she's got a lot of soccer soccer experience. Right. So we really got fortunate this year. In the past, we've usually just ask somebody, maybe a booster parent or someone that's involved a lot, that's always around. And their job is not really to coach. Their job is to manage and to make sure that, uh, you know, nobody gets hurt or everybody's getting a chance to play. Uh, they don't even know the positions they play maybe. But fortunately, this year I've had two coaches that have been pretty good. But for me, it's, it's not an issue. We don't have concessions or anything like that. It's like show up with your chair because we don't have uh, seating in that area. Uh, we don't have stands, so they have to bring their chairs. So like I said, it's like a club game. And uh, this week we had one one of my coaches, uh, my, my coach and his wife went on vacation this week. And so I just asked one of my parents, I said, hey, it's a sophomore girl that's going to have an opportunity to play for me on varsity. And he was like, hey, I'll help him do whatever you need me to do. He's been around it a lot. So for me, it hasn't been a problem. Uh, I've had a lot of in the past, I've had a lot of former players come back and do it because we play in the evenings. Uh, most of them work, but if they're in the community, they can still come out and help. So it's it's really been uh, – I've been lucky, but I know the first year it was like, who do you want to put in that role where they're in right. charge of a bunch of 17-year-old kids maybe. Uh, but it, it's it's really worked out really well for me. I had I had 
14 seniors this year. So I had a large group that graduated. So I've had a lot of those girls came come around and they're kind of like assistant coaches and they want to still help before they go off to school in the, in the fall. So, um, you know, and it's been great for us to have summer league because I've got to kind of see what's coming up because I got a lot of spots to fill. There you go. Nice. So coach Sazo. Yeah, so I um, did kind of a two for one. So uh, I was super fortunate to have a parent that's been around the game, semi-professional college, high school. Um, you know, he kind of uh, ran with it when, when the idea was brought up for him to potentially coach the summer league. He was like super about it, wanting to practice with them even on the side. And so I was super blessed and fortunate that my first go on on this league that he was, you know, willing to take that role and that initiative. And he's, I mean, he's been doing such a fantastic job. And from the parents' perspective or the parent aspect of things, I don't know. Maybe it's just because El Paso is a huge soccer community and a like a soccer lover um, city. But I don't have. I mean, all of our parents come. They're cheering. They're clapping. And they're super involved. They're some of the first people to come up to me and say, coach, if you guys want to have like a barbecue maybe or something, we're willing to do that. Like they are phenomenal. My parents have done such an awesome job and they're spreading word of mouth and getting other people to come and watch. And something that I thought was super cool yesterday was I was at Eastwood. Eastwood was hosting yesterday and my girls had just finished playing and I looked in the stands and I saw some familiar faces from other schools um, that came to watch their friends, you know, and so you could tell that parents are starting to spread the word, but the coaches also have been phenomenal. There's not been that one team um, in the league where I have not seen their coaching staff, especially their head coach present. They're at all the games, they're tweeting pictures and spreading the name of the league, you know, by word of mouth through Twitter and stuff. And so that's kind of helped us market things so that it's valuable in the long run and people want to be part of you know the league second third fourth year to come not just like a one and done type of situation and so i think the effort all around from the parents the um volunteer coaches i've seen a lot of alumni and all the other schools a lot of um, alumni who recently graduated and some even up to 10 years that have graduated, you know, before then. And so it's been really great to see number one, getting the alumni back, parents involved, using social media to market what we're doing, even something as simple as, you know, hey, this is our 77 or thank you so-and-so for hosting. You know, they feel that appreciation for going out of their way to host. And and I am, I'm super grateful that every coach has stepped up and done their part facilitating everything hosting, spreading word of mouth. And so, I don't know, maybe I just got lucky or maybe we just have such an awesome soccer community. But, yeah, things are rocking and rolling and we've been hearing nothing but positive things. And I'm super proud of, for it being the first time around, how smooth and, you know, effortless it's kind of been. Yeah. Yeah, and I can attest to that too from my perspective and what I've seen a little bit and some of the things that some people have sent have sent me is – they're pretty well in in your league there, Coach Sazo. They're pretty well engaged as well as just marketing that league well and just sharing sharing the um you know the the day, the the events of that day on social media. And then and what I think's been really cool is 
you see coaches that are interacting with each other as well. So that's been, that's been really awesome. So um, coach Garcia, how about you? How do you recruit help refs, coaches, et cetera, parents thoughts on that? Um, communication. And, and I think that has been our, our, our main thing. And you know, our coaches um, with um, having Sergio Delgado and Bruce Reichman there in the league helps a lot, <laughs> two big names. So um, definitely helps a lot. I mean, they bring in people from from everywhere. I mean, I just, I, I first, like I said, this past um, spring, I was on the phone a lot, just trying to connect with people and parents by themselves. Also, like Stephanie said, parents by themselves have been coming in. Um, it was really interesting because uh, Coach Nevada is my assistant. The first, the first week, I was out um, because I had surgery and he came. He came to the. He went to the game and he called me. He's like, "Hey, coach, you know what?" It's weird, but we have more uh, parents in the stands right now than we usually have in our district games. And I started laughing and, and I'm like, yeah, coach, I think it's not that cold, <laughs> first of all. <laughs> so, I was about to say, um, about to, say to, be fair, to be fair, it's not 25 degrees. Yeah, yeah right? it's not freezing. And yeah. so, so parent involvement has been there. This year, we haven't had any issues with parents. Um, I mean, it's been, it's been smooth, it's been great. Um, and then with what the refs, I call them, I, I have a good friend of mine, Ruben Avalos, that is also a ref. And, and I spoke to him. He's like, you know what? Call the association. Maybe they'll help you. When, when I called, they were more than happy to help us. And then word of mouth. I mean, with, with the league, everybody's like, hey, we want to play in your league. We want to play in your league. We want to play in your league. And suddenly it started growing. Um, hopefully next year we keep on growing. Uh, my our Like we said, Hopefully we can have every high school in the city play in our league. I, I know there's there's also, for example, some of the high schools that couldn't get in, they're now starting to play against amongst each other, against each other in in in, in other other fields. So I'm happy for them. I'm all, it, it's it's the thing is for us to create a big community and like Stephanie's our our coaching community has grown a lot. Now yeah. now I know, for example, the Franklin coach. If it wasn't for the league, I would have never met him before. Right, because right. it's so far away, and, and it's it, now we we speak almost on a daily basis, and, and we and we um, talk about soccer and stuff like that. So it's it's the the good thing is that we get to see kids outside of our district, and 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 more or less we can know who's who's going to be mm -hmm. really good for the next season. So that's also really interesting. But yeah, basically communication, communication with um, mm -hmm. refs, parents, players, especially players. I mean, your coaches and, and also um, we, most of our coaches are there. Assistant coaches, head coaches um, are there every game, uh, uh, just watching their kids and, and, and supporting their kids. So that's a good yeah. thing. Yeah. It's such a great point too. You mentioned there, as far as the, the interaction, and the uh, the coaching community and being able to interact and meet and some and could you imagine that from a perspective of a new coach that's just coming in right so i could see that so yeah and good shout out there to uh the uh, franklin boys head coach uh, coach Valle, victor Valle. he's also a 50 50 podcast alum so yeah give him a little shout out there so um awesome coaches so as we start getting ready to transition really last question i have for you on this first segment is from your perspective right what maybe what you've learned from your league, maybe some of the surprises, the success stories, but you're making the case towards for to uh, to other Texas high school soccer coaches around the state. Why the need for more of this? Why the need for more uh, summer leagues? Coach Venable. 
you're you're muted, coach. Coach, you're Coach Venable, you're muted. It's like back. Oh, that's why I haven't been muting myself because I just <laughs> do it right. Hey, no, I kind of hit on it a little bit earlier, though. Uh, I, I think for us, it, it's just the opportunity to play. And I think that we're getting kids that are, you know, they can't afford to play club and they don't play anywhere but high school. And so what we're getting from this whole summer league program is, is, Hey, you know, get out here and touch the ball. Uh, we get to see players in our district, in our area. Most of them have played with them at some point, maybe in rec club, whatever. And uh, so it's, it, for me, this the opportunity of having a, an, a place for these girls to play during the summertime is great. I know our boys do something very similar to Coach Garcia during the summer. They play 11 on 11. We chose to play a smaller sided game, uh, and we wanted them to just get as many touches as, as, as right. possible. And I think it's just been a great opportunity to grow the sport because we have parents that can't make it during the season, maybe because of work. But during the summertime, there's a little bit more freedom there, and they're able to come to the game, support their their kids, and most of the parents know each other because they played their parent their kids have played together somewhere, and so it's a great opportunity for us just to build the community a little bit tighter because we do have some issues sometimes where this school's against that school, and coaches don't want to play each other because it kind of gets intense, and I think it just creates an opportunity for us to build some relationships and communicate and be in more of a fun environment. We don't turn on the clock. There's no score. Of course, there's parents that keep score, but that's not the purpose of it. It's just an just opportunity to play and uh, play different positions. I mean, we don't have any goalkeepers right now. So it's been great for me just to throw, you know, tell the coach, hey, give somebody new every 10 minutes an opportunity to play goalkeeper because I've got to find out something because mine graduated. So uh, it's, it's something definitely that I think, that every coach that's there, I mean, I've got every coach that's in our league. We've got six teams in our in our program or our summer league, and every one of them's there. We all talk together. We sit in a chair together. Uh, we all talk about the problems we're having. You know, it, it, it's also a great opportunity just to network with us coaches because we're usually trying to beat each other. But it's a great opportunity just for the whole soccer community in Ellis County, which is where we're at, and in Johnson County next to us to get together and. Uh, just kind of hang out. So it's a pretty, pretty nice deal. Coach Sazo. I, I, I'd have to say, you know, if you're asking me for one specific particular reason why um, my answer is going to be because the kids deserve it. You know, they deserve the effort they deserve. Yes. It's a lot of organization and it's a lot of, um, you know, at, at times it could be overwhelming and hassle and it's a lot of headaches having to deal with so many moving parts. It's such a dynamic situation when you involve that many teams and organizational side of things. But at the end of the day, it's worth it. They deserve the accessibility to these type of things. And if we ever want, you know, speaking specifically for my community, if I ever want um, girl soccer to, you know, raise the bar or to, to, you know, be up there with some of the people that we face when we're in playoffs, then I have to be part of that solution. 
I always tell my kids to be the change that you want to see. And, and they deserve that. They deserve people that are willing to give them that opportunity and not have to spend an arm and a leg when it comes to like the whole club scene, the fact that I've never understood the notion, like, well, my family didn't get to go on a family vacation or we can't go to a family dinner because I have to go to this, um, this trip, you know, in San Diego or Las Vegas with this club or that club. Um, and I just think that they're worth it. And, and I want to see a difference in my community. Um, and what better way to do it than number one, to do it and make it free. And number two, you know, to give them an opportunity, like Coach Venable said, to get some touches on the ball, do something small sided, work on that fitness without having to actually go out there and run. Because we know as coaches, if we tell them, go run on a Saturday or Sunday, get your fitness up. That nine times out of ten, they're not going to do it. It's like, yeah, coach, sure, yeah. sure. You'll have the very rare ones that are like superhuman that'll even send you a screenshot of their time. Then you're like, whoa! But um, they deserve that. They deserve that opportunity, and um, and we deserve as coaches the the ability to market, mingle, get to know one another without having to yell at each other across the the field and. Um, and well, you, I mean, for, let's get the record straight. You never did. You never did that other than me when you were coaching. Me. <laughs> okay. Was maybe it was just you. I was the only one you yelled at. Must be a you thing then. Right. I think so. I have that effect on people. So no, there's all great points. Uh, spot on coach. I love that. And coach Garcia. Do it for the kids. I mean, that's the main reason. Um, they deserve, like Stephanie said, um, just, they deserve it. Um, if it's not going to be us, who's, who else is going to do it? Their parents, most of their parents work just, just to survive. So they don't have the time. They're not going to do it. Um, they're sometimes they're a lot more with us than with their parents. I mean, especially in our community, our community is, is, and, and very, a very special community. Like we said, we have players from, from both sides of, of, of both sides of, of the border um and instead of them being in gangs and and, and out in the streets and hey bring them in to play soccer and get them out of there um this is not this is not only going to favor you as a coach in the season during the season but it's all about them keep them keep them busy during during the uh during the summer um i'm just um i've, I've seen it in my team i've seen it that um it's rare that I have problems with them academically or behavior-wise. Um, I've, I've spoken to other coaches also because they're so engaged in the soccer. They, they don't they don't worry about other stuff. Um, it, it's just for them. And and I think I, I take that. I, I would do it just because of the kids. Um, and also, it's not fair. I know, like they say, life is not fair, but it's not it's not fair to, to some of these kids that are really good and they can't afford just to like like, like Coach Sasso said, Stephanie said that go to Vegas or go to LA or go go to a tournament every weekend and and some of them their parents can't do that so um, just just have them there on the field playing they're happy I mean they're involved as long as they're doing what they love and and these kids love it I mean it's just awesome just when they come up to you and say thank you Coach my my I have um, I had sixteen seniors graduate this past May um, June this past graduation and they all came up to me and said, thank you, coach. Thank you for, for, for doing all of this for us. And, and, and that pays off every sleepless night, all the stress, all the white hairs, everything. So I think I, I, for other coaches in the state that are trying to do a summer league, just, just do it for them. 
to, to, for them and, and it, rewards will come. And then later on in the season, you'll see that it does benefit. It does benefit. And especially, for example, um, when, when your base, five, six players, at least when you're playing 11 on 11, are playing constantly together, 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 every week, every week, it, it comes down to, hey, they already know each other to the dot. They, it's, it's like if they've been playing clubs since, since they were young. Um, I've, I've go, going into in, a little bit into that. Sorry, Coach Cano. I know we're short on time, but <laughs> going into, hey, going into good, effect, I'm letting no, you go. Um, I'm letting you go. I, I'm, I, I'm, I saw the Americas, El Paso Americas high school team, the softball team go to, go into the final four. And, and one, I know one of the parents there and he said, well, these girls, we have to understand that these girls have been playing together since they were seven or eight years old. So they know each other to the dot. So it's very rewarding. And that, now we can see that. At a, at a smaller scale, we can see that in, during the, the transition of the summer league, and you actually do see it, and, and it's fun. And and it, the best part about it, also, um, like Coach Venable said, when you're incoming freshmen, come and play with them. They already know what to expect. Some of the expectations from the seniors, they they know. So on day one, first day of school, you don't have to restart all over. It, it's just a continuation of a hey, what's going on of your program. So it's worth it on in, in every aspect. Right. Yeah. No, all great stuff. Yeah. Well said, Coach Garcia. And, and yeah, I mean, that it's part of the reason why we wanted to put this panel together and have this particular episode is because you all not that obviously it's not in your nature, but to be also commended for the work that you all are doing with these leagues, because it's making it's making a big difference. It really is. So uh, great stuff. And all right. That's going to do it for our first segment. I know you all are going to stick around. We're going to be able to pick on you all a little bit with our counterattack segment. We'll have some fun with you all. Uh, Coach Sazo is already a seasoned veteran, so she'll be uh, she'll be ready. Uh, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. College Promoters USA, founded and located in San Antonio, operates as the only family-owned college recruiting company in Texas that brings a truly professional, local, and face-to-face approach to area high school student-athletes and their families. As the lead sponsor and proud supporter of the 5050 Podcast, alongside Coach Hector Cano, College Promoters is proud to be elevating its support for the college soccer recruiting process more than any other service in the country. If your son or daughter is serious about competing in college soccer, call College Promoters USA directly at 210-494-6363 or visit collegepromotersusa.com anytime. College Promoters USA, the best investment a parent can make in their high school student-athlete. And we're back with the uh, great panel that we have here for today's uh, Summer League Development Show. Uh, Coach uh, Jason Venable, the head women's soccer coach of the Waxahachie Indians. Coach Rudy Garcia, who is the head men's soccer coach for the Isleta Indians. And last but not least, uh, our returning uh, returning alum from the podcast, Coach Stephanie Sazo, the head women's soccer coach for the El Paso del Valle Conquistadores. So, all right, coaches. So this is where we get to uh, jump in, dive in, pick on you all. I think we'll, uh, for th- for the sake of continuity, we'll go, uh, as Coach Garcia said, we'll go ladies first, maybe an order here. So we'll go with Coach Sazo. Go with Coach Sazo, Coach Venable, and then Coach Garcia here for these questions. So, um, all right, first one up. Last song you downloaded? Um, ha. Let me look at my phone. 
it's a TikTok song. And as a matter of fact, I was teaching summer school and they had me downloading a bunch of stuff to kind of put them in a good mood. Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush. I don't know. You got me. All right. <laughs> All right. Coach Venable. I tell you what, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm old. I'm an old guy. So I, what I listen to during my summertime, I usually listen to what they want to listen to most of the time during the year, but uh, this is my, this is my summer. So I'm a country guy. So I listened to some Morgan Wallen and some Pat Green this week. So I'm go. uh, going to both of them. So I don't know if you know who those guys are, but that's kind of where I'm at right yeah. now. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, no, I do. In case you're wondering, I do. Yeah, that's for sure. So coach Garcia. You're uh, muted, Coach. There he is. There you go. Okay. Um, my wife and I recently went to the Kenny Chesney concert, and so ah, Kenny Chesney, that's, that's what I, the last thing Sweet. I had there. Awesome. All right. Good old Kenny Chesney. All right. Next one. Uh, start with Coach Sazo. Back to Coach Sazo. Favorite day. This one's a pretty simple one. Favorite day of the week and why? Tuesdays and Thursdays because it's seven on seven. <laughs> Look at you. Every Look Tuesday, you. Thursday. All right. Awesome. I like it. I like it. Coach Venable? I'm a Friday guy. There ain't no day better than Friday. Friday's it for me. It's game day, or if it's not game day, it starts the weekend. So I'm, I'm old. I'm close to retirement. I'm, I'm looking forward to those weekends. <laughs> or it's podcast recording day, too, now, that's Coach. Crazy. You got to remember, that's today. That's today. All right. Coach Garcia? Uh, I'll also go with Friday. Game days. Game days. So I, lo I love either football or soccer, or it's just a busy day, but starts the weekend off right. All right. Awesome. Good stuff. Next one, Coach Sazo, favorite childhood, favorite childhood TV show and current TV show. My favorite current TV show, always going to be The Office. Childhood TV show. I don't know. It's kind of, I mean, I'm probably kind of lame for saying this, but I kind of liked like Cheers and like SpongeBob. Nice. <laughs> That's such a random thing to watch, you know? I was like, you ain't that young. I was like, SpongeBob, really? Everyone knows your name, or what's that song? <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> okay, we'll go, Coach Venable. Oh, I'm old. You're talking about when I was young, right? So, yeah, favorite uh, childhood. I don't even know these songs. I mean, these these uh, shows. When I'd say I was a big, I was a big Cosby fan. I don't know if y'all even know who Cos okay. Bill yeah. Cosby was back in the day. But yeah. Bill Cosby. I could say something older than that, but I don't want to show my age. <laughs> And then I, I, I've got really big into Netflix lately. So my newest thing is is All-American. I don't know if you've seen that one. That's kind of the newest thing. So yeah. it's on the Ozarks and All-American are kind of the two latest series I've kind of been watching there. Now, question on All-American. Did they just come up with a new season, like just recently? You know what? I I'm on season. I just finished season two, so don't ruin it for me. But I think this. No, 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 I don't know. Yeah, because it started season five here recently. But okay, there is four full seasons. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, it's a it's a great show. But I know I left off on what was I guess the last season, and I think I thought I saw some promotions or something that the new season is out. But I'm not 100 percent certain. That's why I was asking you. So. Right. Great I, show. I'm fixing to start season three, so I've got a few a few more days of that to watch. Okay. All right. Well, once we're done here, Coach, I'll tell you everything offline and I'll ruin it all for you. So just all kidding. Right. Just kidding. All coach right. Garcia. Um, man, when I was a kid, um, childhood, probably there's two shows, um, one in Spanish, El Chavo del Ocho uh, out there. <laughs> I love yeah. that show. And then in English, I guess The Simpsons. I really like them. The old the old episodes. And then um, 
as of right now, I don't have a favorite show, but I just finished um, watching Yellowstone, which was yes. really good. And yeah. I'm currently watching The Offer, which is about uh, the making of the making of the movie The Godfather. So it's really good too. What's that? Rick That's I called know. The Offer. The Offer. Yes, sir. Really? Mm -hmm. What's that on? I don't think I've heard uh, of it. Paramount. Really? Paramount okay. Plus. Yes, sir. Yeah, I love I love me some Yellowstone. Yeah, great, yes, great stuff, great. great stuff. All right, next one here. Here's a you have an either or option here. So, would you rather speak every language or be able to talk to animals? I would love to talk to animals. I have two dogs myself. As a matter of fact, they're at my feet, and I'm even I'm even puppy sitting a little golden. I wish I could pick her up and show you, but. I would love, yeah, if I had to pick the two, for sure, talking to animals. Because sometimes I wonder why they do the things that they do. And I'll ask them out loud, and, of course, you never get a response. Um, but it would be interesting to know why some of the stuff that I spend $300 on gets chewed up, like a nice accent chair or yeah. my new set of um, sandals and stuff like that. That would be great. There you go. Coach Venable? Um, I'm, I probably would rather speak every language if at all possible. I, that's one thing that I wish I was uh, at least bilingual, but I struggle with that. So I've been around it long enough and around the kids long enough. I, I feel like I kind of know a couple of languages, but maybe not everything. Coach Garcia. Man, it's a hard one, but animals also. I would love to speak to animals. I think that's yeah. that would be very interesting. Uh, I have I have a special place in my heart for dogs, especially. So, yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah, I think if you ask enough of our student athletes, they'd probably say that us as coaches that we do speak another language, right? Kind of a, a special soccer, a soccer slash coach only language, I bet. So, yeah, great stuff. All right, next one. I think, uh, Coach Sazo, I don't recall, I don't think you received this question when you were with us before, but I'll ask it anyway. You are made the soccer czar uh, in America today. What is the one thing you would change effective tomorrow in terms of soccer in America? I, uh, I think the affordability, hands down. Um, I think the current climate of soccer, things are starting to get more expensive and the more expensive things get, um, I think you only limit the potential um, for anyone who wants to participate or you might even discourage people or they might not even get the opportunity to even begin to learn the sport because it's already a turnoff and so that would be one thing that I if I could change is the affordability and like the camaraderie um, I think more than anything I want everybody to just have the same mindset as me that we can all feed off of each other and work towards the same goal. Yes, you know, when you're on the, on the other side of the field, you're my opponent and you're my enemy for um, the, the time, but it, it, that's where it stays. It doesn't carry, carry on after the fact. And I'm an open book and I want to learn and I want to absorb as much as I possibly can to be the best coach and version of myself to give to my kiddos um, and I think sometimes that when the competition is so intense that that gets lost and things get a little bit catty sometimes. And so um, I think if I had to change anything, it would be those two things, the affordability and making sure that, you know, everybody's in it for the bigger picture. 
Coach Venable. Great answer. Can I just say ditto? I, I'm, I'm pretty good on that, Steph. It sounded good. I, I do like the idea of the cost, uh, keeping the cost down for more of these kids to play because they love the game, but they just can't find a way to play or the parents can't afford, especially with, with the way things are nowadays, being able to f- pinch the penny. The other thing that I would like to do is I would love to have a, uh, a soccer community in the United States that was kind of on the same schedule in regards to like high school. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm big in Tasco, and I'm going to throw my plug in for Tasco. I've been a member of Tasco and officer for many years, and you know I really always hate that. You know, you got the national convention usually in January when we're playing, right. and uh, you know also I've got girls that are playing, uh, you know, club, and I know it would be really hard. And I know one of the things you was going to talk about here recently was moving maybe the season, which we all knew probably wasn't going to happen because yeah. you're you're in you're in Texas, so it's going to be hard to play in the fall. But even if you moved it a couple of weeks, maybe later in the season, just to maybe start your scrimmages in January, because it is cold. I mean, we it is discouraging to go to uh, your summer league, and like 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 Coach Garcia said, you know, you got more fans at the summer league games than you do at your high school games, and a lot of it has to do with that time of year. And so, if you could move it at a time where we could all participate and communicate with the whole community of coaches in the United States at like the national convention. Cause I would love the opportunity to do that. It just never presents itself. And uh, to have a time of year that's more consistent throughout the whole country. But I know that's really hard to do, but if I had a magic wand, that's probably one of the things I like to do. Nice. Yeah. Good points. Great points. Coach Garcia. Man. Um, they took everything, man. You don't no, have no. anything left. Yeah. Well, uh, I've got a, a lot of coaches are going to be like, what? I would eliminate club soccer coach. <laughs> and this is and this is my reason um i would run it i would run soccer like they run football i would go through the high school system go to the colleges have colleges create more soccer programs and then have those athletes ready for going to professional and uh, go into professionalism i think we're trying to run soccer here like they do in mexico and that's a big no-no that's why the u.s at least in the men's side hasn't won a World Cup when we should be winning the World Cup every four years. Um, I'm running a little bit more like women's soccer. Women's soccer a little bit more. I think that's that's the ideal situation. Run it through the high school. Make high school the main. Instead of college recruiters going out to the club games when they're only going to see the kids that actually can afford, they can actually see the real talent that we have because we might lose a kid that can't afford playing club soccer and they're great but they can't, so they can't go out to the Dallas Cup and play, and, and these college recruiters are not going to look at them because they're not right. out there. Right. So um, I would run it more into that system. So if not eliminate them, take a little bit more uh, power from them and, and put it more into the high school um, um, programs, um, college college programs, and then and then build up from there so we can have a, a stronger federation, at least in the on the men's side. And mm-hmm. Because I think the women's side is doing a great job. That's why they've won the World Cups. That's why they're a powerhouse in the world. And, and But on the men's side, I think it's all about the money and, and making the money. So once you eliminate that, I think, I think it's going to be a lot better. And look at the talent like they do in football. Football, they look at the talent, high school talent, recruit from, from high school. And because imagine, imagine that's what we're, uh, some of the coaches were talking the other day, that imagine if they would only focus um, high school football on, on, on clubs. 
here in Texas, we have the high school, our high school football programs is are amazing. Imagine if we just create clubs instead, we would probably miss half of the, of our talent there because half of our kids wouldn't be able to afford uh, club right. football. So and that, that I think that's what I would change. Yeah. Interesting. Great point. Good stuff. Awesome. So, all right, next one. If not a soccer coach, you would be what? Educator slash soccer coach, of course. You would be what? Gosh, I don't. That's a hard. That's a hard question for me because I, ever since I got into coaching, that that's all I've ever seen myself as. I played soccer, I coach soccer. Now I teach and do soccer full time. So I don't know, but I guess if I had to pick. I would have probably, I would have probably been a doctor of something. I don't know, dermatology, some something of the sort. Maybe not a teacher. If I if I couldn't coach, I think that it would be just like change the profession altogether. Gotcha. Okay, dermatology. That was pretty, uh, pretty spot on, pretty specific. I like that. All right, Coach Venable. Man, I'm I'm close. I'm sitting there thinking retirement, and I'm thinking, what am I going to do? This is all I've ever done my entire life. I've either played or I've coached. So it's really difficult. Um, I'm not one to sit in an office and sit in a cubicle or, and not be around people. I'm, I'm very much a people person. So I would, I would knowing me, I would probably just have a, a small business where uh, I was in contact with people all the time. Uh, I mean, I, I'm looking right now at Bucky's. You know, hey, I can go to work at Bucky's and get a job. And that way I can see people all the time, constantly moving. I love the environment of the classroom where you got a different group coming in every 90 minutes or so we're on block schedule, but I, I just, you know, the other thing I love doing is mowing yards, but I don't know if I can make a living doing that, especially with gas prices these days. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. Yeah. It's a great point. Uh, Coach Garcia. A sportscaster. I would love to be in ES, ESPN, um, ESPN radio or something like that. Um, yeah. That's that, I think that would be my, my dream job aside from being a coach. Awesome. Great. Yeah. I could see you doing that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And you'd have that, uh, you'd be the, uh, multi-talented, right? You can do it in English or Spanish. So yeah. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> All right. So final, final question for, for everyone. So, uh, scale of one to 10, one being you completely stink and 10 is like, you are the standard, right? You are the best is how good, and you gotta be objective here. So how good of a driver are you the worst like if whatever the worst could possibly be i'm the worst and everyone will tell you i'm the worst driver i fought it at first and you know i don't even have a front license plate it's against the law i should probably have the front plate and breaking, breaking news all, on the yes, like, right. it's illegal i know i'm telling everybody my like illegal activities here yeah i don't have my front plate um i think speed limits are a suggestion um i take the number and i just like give or take depending on like if i'm running late or not it's a suggestion <laughs> i i just can't get from point a to point b faster and that's probably the worst right you would uh you'd fit right in in italy because i could tell you that right now i think that both speed limits and stop signs, I think, are optional. They're suggestions. I think. Yeah, like if nobody's around, you stop. I mean, I'm not going to be a crazy person and just blow through, but it's like a California stop. It's like a stop and roll and go. We're yeah. good. Boom, yeah. we're gone. Yeah, yeah. I learned that in my time and uh, my time in Italy for sure. So, Coach Venable. 
when I was younger, it was probably pretty low, but I, I'm probably a pretty good driver. Now you ask my family, I, they talk about me going too slow most of the time. So I think I'm kind of fitting into that old man mode, but uh, I, I'm probably, I'm probably an eight or so. I mean, I, I speed a little, I have to drive 25 miles a day to work. So mm-hmm. I get impatient occasionally, but uh, usually I'm going too slow. So right. no, I, I don't have tickets, no wrecks. So I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. ranking myself pretty high. Hey, as long as you got your front license plate, you're good. That's all that is. I don't have to. Let me set the record straight. I don't have my license plate, but I haven't been ticketed. Okay. And I haven't received a speeding ticket yet. All right. Yet. We believe you. We we believe you. Sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Coach, Coach Garcia. It depends if I have uh, my kids in the car or I don't. <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I don't have my kids in the car, I'm probably like Steph. If I have my kids in the car, um, the other I'm, I'm like I'm like Coach Venable, so it it depends, it depends. So yeah. and it also depends um, if I'm running late to work or if I'm not. <laughs> so right, right. <laughs> lots of factors into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's a good point with the family versus when you're on your own. But I will ha- I do have to mention you kind of set the record straight here that over the course of this question the scale went from one to 10 to instead coach Sazo or coach Venable. So I just wanted to mention that, just put that out there. <laughs> all right. So that's going to do it coaches. I uh, really appreciate you all. Um, thank you so much. I think the big thing was being able to have this panel together, have this, this special episode and talk to, you know, our student athletes, but our parents and our coaches out there, coaches that may be thinking about, of, Maybe they've hesitated or it just hasn't developed in their particular area as far as being able to submit a team or teams in a summer league. Or maybe they've been thinking about wanting to create one. But I think the more that we can continue to see this across the state, I think is a good thing for for growing the game and developing our players, particularly in certain areas. Because I know, you know, you talk about Coach McHenry, who couldn't be here tonight, but I know he's up in. He's up in that far. I think. I think. It, I think Dumas is the northernmost high school in the state of Texas, right up there, way up there in the Panhandle. So, so these are some of the uh, things he's experiencing as he as he's trying to do uh, great work up there as well. So, I uh, just want to commend you all. Thank you so much for for what you're doing. Continue to do the great work and uh, look forward to maybe having you all on here at some point again and uh, sharing some some more success stories, kind of telling more of these stories of some of the student athletes. Um, so thank you for that. Uh, thank you for being with us. And before we go, as customary, one of the things that we do is we kind of try to give kind of final, final thoughts with our guests. Uh, and so we're going to kind of take it around. We'll start maybe with Coach, Coach Venable. Uh, kind of final, final thoughts, anything you'd like to share um, with us before we go? Well, I'd like to just say that I've been around a long time. And you need to find you a group of people that you can communicate with and bounce things off of. And I think an opportunity like this is great. This opportunity you've given us to talk a little bit about what we do. And if anybody needs any help, I think I'm like, like Coach Zazo and Garcia in that if you've got, we just want to learn. And we all, I mean, I don't care how old you are. You always want to learn something. I'm willing to talk to anybody about anything. Uh, at Tasco, I'll get in a corner at, at Galveston and we'll talk about all kinds of stuff. I think it's really important you find a community of coaches that you can bounce things off of. 
and uh, feel like uh, we're not all against each other, just trying to beat each other. We just kind of want to constantly learn. And I think opportunities like this or, or a clinic that you can go to are going to be great opportunities to become better coaches and create a better product for us. Because I started 25, 30 years ago and, you know, we, we didn't have, we had a lot of football coaches that coached soccer and didn't really know it, that it's not the case anymore. It's the same way with our right. teams. Our teams used to be solid. You know, we had like three players down the middle of the field and you just kind of filled in around them. And now, I mean, people have got 16 players solid on some of their teams and, and it's, it's really changed in the, in the state and it needs to continue to do that. And I, I really appreciate venues like this to come on and be able to talk to different coaches and I want them to know that they can talk to me. I've done, I've done sessions where we've done coaching clinics in Waxahachie where we've invited every coach and we would do, do your favorite, you know, what's your favorite drill or tell me how you handle with parents in your booster club or whatever. I think more of those opportunities need to be available. And when they are, I think everybody needs to take advantage of them. I really appreciate y'all letting me come on here tonight. Yes, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. Great stuff. Uh, coach Garcia. Just want to say thank you for the opportunity. I think uh, it's a great way to communicate, like Coach said, uh, Coach Venable said. Um, I'm really grateful for this opportunity. And um, if anybody has any questions, please, um, you can find me on Twitter. I think it's Coach R. Garcia. Am I right, Coach Cano? Coach Cano knows my Twitter, I think, better than uh, I yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no. I'm not aligned to social media, but um, or or um, rgarcia73 at ysd.net. That's my email. If anybody has any questions, please um, don't don't hesitate to reach out to me, and and I'll answer it as, at the best of my abilities. But thank you, Coach Hano. Yeah, absolutely, Coach. I appreciate you. Thank you. And and yes, in case you're wondering, that is your Twitter handle, Coach R Garcia. So, <laughs> and Coach Sazo. Wait, let me. What's my Twitter handle? Oh, I think is it uh at Steph under there's an underscore in there. There's is it at Steph underscore Sazo, I believe. I'm double checking. Yeah, it is. Yeah, okay, perfect. That way I don't get it wrong because I probably will. I tend to be in yeah. <laughs> now Coach Garcia's I know because I used to always send him a lot of stuff when we were cross promoting a lot of stuff there at when I was at Isleta as well. So so yeah, that's how I I don't know what it is, how I can sometimes I don't know people's names, but I know their Twitter handles. So I'm calling people by the Twitter handle. Yeah. So <laughs> well, much like you, Coach Garcia, I'm not very tech savvy in the first place, but much well, let alone social media. But I try my best. Um, but I definitely do have um, the notifications and my email is ssazo at YISD. Twitter handle what is it at Steph underscore Sazo? Either way, Sazo, I believe. I believe the, the notifications come to me and um I, I'm much like both Coach Venable and Coach Garcia. I just want to learn. I'm, I'm an open book. And um, if you're contemplating starting um, one of these leagues or or you're still trying to outweigh the pros and cons, send me a message. I'd love to connect with you. Um, I'd love to show you firsthand, you know, what the benefits are. Of course, there's always pros and cons to everything, but there's way more pros than there are cons with something like this. And um, at the end of the day, it's about elevating our community. And at the end, the ripple effect is elevating the state of Texas's level of soccer. And, and that's what it's about and giving these kids the opportunity. And I would love to connect. If you have any questions, um, much like Coach Venable, I'm also part of TASCO and I'll be in Galveston here in November. 
I'd love to meet you, shake your hand, have a conversation and just exchange ideas. You know, I, I'm, I am all about player development. If I, if I can develop my players or help you develop yours, whether that be sharing sessions or, you know, doing something um, of that nature, I'm always open for it. Um, and as a matter of fact, please, you know, teach me what you know. Uh, at the end of the day, that's what I'm here for is to learn and, and translate my knowledge to these kids. Great stuff. All of uh, coaches, thank you. This has been great. Uh, special thanks also to Coach uh, McHenry, who really wanted to make it here, couldn't. Uh, he had other uh, familial obligations, but uh, was still able to send in some questions. So um, thank you. Thank you for everything you're doing in your respective communities. Uh, thank you for being here. I appreciate your time. My final thoughts, really, it kind of goes in hand a little bit with, I kind of alluded to it briefly in our last episode of the podcast, but just... Because it's the summer, uh, particularly for our student athletes, this message is more so for our student athletes and our parents is making sure that our, if you're a student athlete, making sure that you're also, whether you're playing club and there's showcases, I know we have nationals going on across on, you know, what, three different parts of the country right now between ECNL, ECNL Girls Academy and US Youth Soccer, but also, um, or if you're playing even in summer league, right, is it is the summer, making sure that you are spending some time to to decompress, to kind of hit the reset button, some downtime, because it matters. I think oftentimes as coaches, you know, we're talking about getting in the touches and we're talking about the, the strength and conditioning side. And we can see those, right? We can see the development on those pieces, but not forgetting in terms of our student athletes that we have to allow them to develop and hear as well, the part that we can't see, right? So I think sometimes that's where the downtime you know, whether even if it's just a few days, if it's a mini vacation or just kind of spending spending some time just somewhere with friends, but somewhere where you can ensuring that you're not burnt out from this and that you can come back uh, staying hungry. And as coaches, I think one of the big things, one of our big charges is making sure that we're continuing to not only grow the game, but that our student athletes are loving the game and that they keep loving this game. So um, those are my thoughts. So. Again, thank you. Uh, thank you to uh, Coach uh, you know, Coach Garcia, Coach Venable, Coach Sazo. Really appreciate you all. Thank you so much for your time. You guys have been tremendous. Can't thank you all enough. For our supporters, our listeners, uh, keep keep up with those downloads. Remember, you can like, rate, you know, like us, rate, subscribe if you can. We're on all the uh, all the uh, podcast platforms as well as on YouTube. Uh, so please go on there. Uh, like I said, like, rate, and subscribe. It makes a big difference in terms of being able to promote the podcast and being able to get get uh, have great guests on here like we had tonight. So thank you again, coaches. Thank you to our supporters, our listeners. Thank you so much. And until the next time, you know what to do. Keep downloading and keep listening. You've been listening to the 5050 Podcast, powered by College Promoters USA. Help us continue to grow by liking, rating, and subscribing on all major podcast platforms. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at 50 underscore 50 pod, on Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast, as well as on YouTube at the 50 underscore 50 podcast. Until the next time, keep downloading and keep listening.